0: The future of photography.
1: Hello, welcome to the show. Hi, Adrian, how are you doing? I'm very good, mate. How are you? I am. So fine, because I have a new toy. Okay, let, let me... Let me, let me <laughs> Another let
0: me, one. <laughs> no!
1: Let me, let me start this off with... Uh, I, I was looking at titles for this episode. A Z-axis update, I think, is uh, mysterious enough. Uh, I have two subtitles for it. Subtitle one, How a Tuning Fork Enabled an Entire New Industry. Okay, so that sounds interesting. Doesn't it? And the second one is How a Chain of Developments Led Us to Discovering the Z-Axis. Okay, so...
0: So it's a uh, geometry lesson about tuning a piano or something, is it? No,
1: it's not. <laughs> um okay, okay. D- d- that's let's start off with a bit of a history lesson first. History of photography in terms of camera location. Okay? Where do cameras sit? And of course in, initially cameras had to be on a tripod, statically pretty much on the ground or close to the ground because we had long exposure times and then when those got a bit shorter, then p- people started moving cameras around. Uh, with large format cameras everyone has seen these big press cameras with the big flashes in the 60s movies those are usually like graphlex cameras large format cameras but still yeah. like a larger format and then the smaller the formats went smaller and we got to medium format which is the like the brownies and the box cameras had those so that's when photography kind of became available to the masses to everyone and, of course, then Leica came along and introduced a 35 millimeter format. And that pretty much made photography kind of a mainstream thing. And everyone used to have these 35 millimeter cameras. And they are small and you can carry them around. Mm, um, I love
0: that in Germany you call that small format. So you have large format, medium format, and small format.
1: We call that small format because, yeah, that's just from a history point of view. Um, if you look at it from a digital point of view, is it's, it's, of course… a full frame because (laughs) all the other sensors are smaller and then the full frame is kind of the big sensor um but yeah depending on where where which perspective you look at it from historically and which medium digital or analog you look at it from it's either small format or big format but it's the 35 millimeter form is kind of the standard somewhere in the middle um but all these uh all these have something in common and it's they are mostly used in uh in in a plane i mean we walk around with these things or we are in vehicles um, uh, motion picture was it has moving cameras but they they move on flat tracks or if you want to add the z axis as in like moving that away from the ground you'd have to have an expensive crane or you'd have to have a hot air balloon to shoot from or a helicopter or there, are, okay. There were a few other experiments shooting from higher up. Um, that the, that go back to 1907. A German guy p- put cameras on pigeons. There was this whole this whole uh, thing, and he developed a camera. And I think he he even marketed that, and it's a little camera that you almost looks like a backpack, but on the front. Of this pigeon, and then <laughs> this little camera shoots photos every now and then, and uh, by some mechanical miracle, little wizardry, and you end up having this camera uh, these, hi- these aerial photographs. Um, but even even if you go a bit later, and let's say ten years ago, to in order to get some footage from the air, you'd have to have a helicopter or an RC helicopter. Oh, and, I know
0: where this is going. This is going to be about your drone. Isn't only it? Sh- sh-
1: not there. Yet. Only only those <laughs> those. Uh, look, 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 let me let me build it up. So, sorry, sorry, I jumped and, to the end. <laughs> but the but the RC controlled ones only were possible. Began to be possible when first person view was possible. So remote camera connections, remote radio connections with cameras, and it's just it's just a it was expensive right it wasn't it wasn't available to everyone it was just available to the few that could afford it or um yeah those who had the means Mm. and then a couple of revolutions happened and the first one was a tuning fork if you look at uh well one one really important thing to automatically stabilize a flying platform of whichever shape and form is a gyroscope Ah, yes. If yes. you have a, if you ever seen a gyroscope, the the good old gyroscopes, by the way, which were also used on ships and other things to keep uh, in satellites up. The ISS has a gyroscope on board, several, I guess, mm. um, and those used to be like spinning discs, three spinning discs, one on the x axis, one on the y axis, one on the z axis, with weighty discs spinning at really high uh, RPMs to keep them steady, and they were then inside a gimbal that would then allow them to stay in space in the same orientation no matter how the outside moved. Those were really expensive and then someone developed MEMS, micro-mechanical systems for uh, or for for gyroscopes and accelerometers. And if you look in the tech they're pretty much tuning forks, little tiny in, inside a chip tuning forks that swing. right yeah they 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 um they they move electrically um they move and very fast and as soon as this chip gets tilted and moved a bit then the, some some voltage or something changes and that's easy to measure so ah. those gyroscopes and accelerometers are now so small that um we have them in our smartphones that's how your smartphone knows its orientation and every smartphone now does that and they are they are ubiquitous they are cheap they and they made stable drone flight possible without those little tiny things um that those drones could have flown with bigger gyroscopes, but but they wouldn't have been affordable so those this miniaturization was one of the really revolutionary steps in making these Things possible, um, even I mean everything now has these things in it. Your digital camera has them in it. If you have a level in the camera, then you have a, a an accelerometer in it, uh, a miniaturized one. If your digital camera can even put put the camera's orientation in the EXIF data, you know, like if you shoot a portrait photo, yeah. an upright photo, and your Lightroom knows to spin it. Do you remember not too long ago that wasn't that wasn't really? Uh, the norm sometimes you had to rotate those photos manually
0: oh my! my camera is even better than that my camera does that while you're shooting so if you turn up for a, a, my camera into a portrait it'll check all the information in the evf will turn
1: and and be the right way around for you right but that's that's because there is a little accelerometer in it based on a chip even my kitchen thermometer has one built in I, this is, has a little LCD that gives me the temperature. And if you turn that, the numbers in that LCD turn again. It's, really? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Wow, that's, so
0: so that's, that's some fancy kit you've got in your kitchen there. <laughs> n-
1: not as fancy as some others, but that was the first revolution, gyroscopes being miniaturized. The second revolution, and we're still in the middle of it, is, is battery technology now well, oh yes, yes. Um, especially with the lithium iron iron batteries or the lithium polymer batteries the energy density versus the weight has changed so much the the long-term charging effects have uh, you know the memory effect that some batteries have those don't mm. have that um, that enabled flying platforms as well and then of course the, the, the whole gyroscope thing showed up again because you need the stable camera. If you want to shoot from up there, you need to stabilize that camera uh, and not just for video, but even for photography, for still photography, it makes perfect sense to have a stable camera that doesn't vibrate or, or uh, move too fast when that vehicle moves faster. Mm. And this used to be completely rely on this used to rely on mechanical dampers on rubber based things that would just hold that in a kind of loose grip. But then, yeah, those gyros came, came on board in form of, uh, or they were used by electrical gimbals. We've, we see those now everywhere. Stabilizers that use gyros to detect how your hand or how a drone is moving and then little motors that then move that camera in the opposite direction to keep it pointing the same direction. And those are so fast and precise now that you can have a very stable platform to shoot from and of course i'm talking about the uh, the drones that we have now and that we can get now Uh, in the usability field another not a revolution but um, another way to bring the price down of these is well do do those remote controls really need to have a, a screen, a touchscreen to operate all the complicated functions? No, of course not. You can use your smartphone for that because you already have a touchscreen in your pocket. So why not use an app on that and uh, and use that for a remote control? And uh, that's what these guys do nowadays. And yes, you guessed right. I finally succumbed to the lure of the drone and I have a, one of these little Mavic Air drones by d g i it's there we it, go
0: we get do we get there in the end excellent so yes, well, tell us about the drone
1: well it 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 is really interesting because um i do not i I do not have a business justification for one. I don't have <laughs> any justification to get one other than I wanted one and the, the the that's the drone that is now at the point where I say, okay, this is price wise it's okay. I have flown drones before but mostly li- like tiny indoor drones. Um so it's not new to me. I've also ex- I've actually experimented with um RC helicopters, electrical RC helicopters uh years ago, not too successfully, but I have. So um <laughs> but but those drones now pr- pretty much bring a lot of these technologies together into this into these small tiny packages and it didn't even talk about the developments in camera technology because that little drone has a 4k camera built in 4k video um tiny sensor one over 2.3 inches um it's not huge but for let's say the most of the daylight stuff it is perfectly fine uh, it works really well mm. um so yeah it is it's a ton of fun i won't go into m- too much detail because i have done that on my other podcast tips from the top floor so there's an entire episode on that um but as a conclusion to this um we are and i i, I think i have a good picture of this now after well having looked into this for a long time and after uh having one of those to play to play with myself now um we are on a trajectory to two interesting developments um you remember back in episode nineteen, we talked about the Skydio R one, this fully autonomous drone.
0: I do. That was the one that could follow you through a forest and stuff like that, and wouldn't
1: it? even <laughs> run into twigs. And yes, it, it just it just doesn't crash. It just knows what's going on around it, and it can fully autonomously fly. Um, this the 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 little Mavic Air doesn't do that quite yet, but it has some semi autonomous modes for some cinematic footage, like circling around stuff or uh moving on a straight line it's like a dolly but in the sky you know so it's it's um it's it's interesting what they can do and it's so clear that we are on, on a trajectory to fully autonomous video drones and of course of course then also fully autonomous like delivery drones and that kind of stuff I'm I'm Um I'm I'm I wouldn't be surprised if those things come faster than we think they do we're seeing the first steps in that direction and the the things that had to come together again are the the the, the gyroscopes, the miniaturization of those, the battery technology, and the uh, the gimbals. That's-
0: <laughs> oh, so that's an, it's an interesting way of looking at it. Actually, that's uh, uh, yeah, you know, so, uh, t- take take here from some historical points and how and how it's moved forward. I do like that. Thank you. It's um it's been it's been interesting to listen to your thoughts on that for the last few minutes. It's it's yeah. I I still. Uh, uh, I, I i still am unsure where we're going with this i have to say yeah you because know, you know uh, our classic question you know what does it mean for the future of photography with drones i really find it difficult to, to think that through unless they can make them substantially quieter then
1: which yeah. which i'm which is which which they are on the way to doing because there's a lot of research now into um turbulence patterns that the that those wings do and um then drones i mean this the one i have legally in germany i can fly it 100 meters high if it's at that altitude it's hard to hear yes. so far away it's hard to hear so, it, so has, it, has
0: it got a long lo- has it got a long lens on it
1: so if if these if these <laughs> drones uh if we're talking about delivery drones and things let them fly a bit higher and as long as they don't fly into airplanes and um that won't that won't be too much of a bother uh yeah and camera if they, drones, and if, yeah of course
0: mm, mm. interesting isn't it mm. but of course yeah, what, does, what, I say. Mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean for the future photography okay so where where do we go from here and what what is this going to mean for us um as i said i see a trajectory we will have more flying cameras they will be cheaper they will be smaller they will be more ubiquitous they will be everywhere um i'm totally sure about that uh, uh, i
0: live in the uk we've got cameras everywhere anyway yeah mind. but they, they are but they are bolted to walls <laughs> yeah yeah sometimes they just put up them on posts and yeah, it's fine, yeah then
1: the next thing is they have they have creative uh they they they, they w- will have more autonomy which means it will take away some of your your creative freedom because the cameras will just take over some of that and make decisions for like image composition is kind of stuff based on maybe some AI, maybe some, some, some AI that tries to mimic a professional photographer that so is going to come. That so sounds interesting to me. Let's so, so freedom on that side. Um, but or also more, or or, more if you can program it or more creative freedom because that, that Z axis will enable different forms of art, you know, stuff that we haven't done before because so. they weren't available to everyone. Um, you can now get a decent flying drone with a decent camera on it for under 500 euros mm. so, so
0: don't don't tell anybody but i occasionally listen to other podcasts I oh no i know i know and and one of them that i listen to uh is uh a whole podcast yeah weekly pod almost weekly podcast about micro budget filmmaking mm-hmm uh which is which is not something that I do I am not a filmmaker I yeah part of me would like to be but yeah that's that's a, a, a team effort and and I don't have a team currently uh but the uh the it, it those sorts of things are are going to 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 make you know, you could you could see the production costs for those kind of films, uh, independent films coming right down. I mean, if you yes. had a, a drone where you could, you know, e- even things like um, programming a, a yeah a dolly zoom, you know, so, so you could have a little drone that you get out of your pocket, say, you know, hit, hit, focus on that over there. Now do a dolly zoom, job done. So no tracks, no dolly, no... This um,
1: will, with this kind of a drone, this will now, now today, not even in the future, now today will take you literally... Five minutes to do. Is that right? You can do dolly zooms, can uh, you? On it. Ah. Well, the, the zoom you'll have to do the zoom part in post, but you can do the dolly motion and then zoom. Thank and you. if you have four K footage, that's not a big problem. So See, cheap, cheap horror
0: movies and zombie yeah. movies. Uh, so know, and, this is, you know, and this is this uh, being is enabled a future, by technology.
1: Right, and this is a future <laughs> aspect the democ- the democratization of. The, the production, because now with the cost of these things coming down, the production means are in the hands of everyone and not just the few that can afford it. And we've seen this in so many other areas where all of a sudden you are the one, even with just with cameras, cameras used to be, these, these professional cameras used to be just in the hands of a few and then uh, especially digital ones with good resolution and so on. And now you can get a full frame camera uh, that most people can afford. Um, also, uh, one thing that that'll mean in the, for the future is, as with any new technology, we will see a lot of footage that is very boring, a lot of flying footage that is just like overdoing it. Um, <laughs> and that and that just that follows a classic adoption hype curve. You know, it, we initially you will see oversaturation. People will overdo it and then people will be fed up with that kind of a look and then they won't want it anymore. And then you see the dip. And then uh, after a while, it kind of normalizes at a level where it's just part of the part of our our viewing um or, or uh, yeah thing.
0: i know what you mean by that and and it's true tr- uh, i tell you what has normalized in the last couple of years is hdr of course um you know you don't see anywhere near the number of um uh ext- I, I, didn't quite, I don't quite i, I i don't know quite the technical term but over processed hdr yes. images yes. uh you don't see anyone near as many of those as you did three four years ago i don't think
1: that's that's because photographers have finally managed to go to get over their um as i call it photographic puberty you know they have <laughs> they're, they're, they're now yeah. a bit more a bit i was more, trying to be nice to people you know a bit more <laughs> like adult about it you know Uh, anyway so I think that's that's enough for today the the Z-axis I think it's the The third time the third time in this in this series in this podcast that we've talked about drones and it's probably not the last one All right. Uh, yeah that was interesting stuff episode 31 the Z-axis update and uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of the future of photography thanks so much and take care everyone talk to you then